This is Golf Talk Canada, Canada's only national golf talk radio and TV program. Presented by TaylorMade and the TP5 and 5X. Try it. What's the best that can happen? Learn more at TaylorMadeGolf.ca. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Zacchino, Bob Weeks, and Adam Scully. Uh, good morning, Canada. Welcome inside GTC. A bit of a dreary Monday here as summer is here. Sort of, kind of doesn't really feel like summer. But anyway, it is here in a very busy time in the golf world. Adam Scully alongside Mark Sacchino and Bob Weeks. We're all together. The band is back together. Mark, let's start with you. How was the weekend? I, I, I played a little golf on Friday. The shoulder seems to be healed. Uh, it is not strong. It still wakes up a little achy. Uh, today's not so bad. Yesterday was not so good. But I, I went up to Ottawa for a family wedding and was invited to play golf on the Friday and then went uh, Saturday to the wedding and, uh, and now back and off to Detroit this week, gentlemen, for the Rocket Mortgage Classic. I don't know what that field's going to look like. We'll have to take a look, I guess, on Wednesday. But my my guess is that after a designated event and prior to, you know, weeks where we're going to be in Scotland for the Genesis and then the Open, my my gut tells me that Rocket Mortgage, with the maybe with the exception of two or three bodies, that field is not going to look so strong. Yeah, it's, uh, it's a little better than uh, we had anticipated late additions from Colin Morikawa and Justin Thomas into the Rocket Mortgage field. But uh, as you mentioned, we'll have a full breakdown of that field on uh, Tuesday night television, Wednesday radio as well. Bob, for you, did you get out and swing the sticks? I did. I played uh, Friday and I played Saturday. And um, that was uh, about what I've expected after a three-week layoff, pretty much a three-week layoff, I guess, with the Canadian Open and U.S. Open. So... Um, yeah, all in all, I was not displeased with the way I hit the ball. Oh, sorry, thunder booming out here. Right <laughs> oh, <beside me>. oh <laughs> my goodness! Awesome. We're uh, we're on a, for those those people obviously listeners. We're actually all together on a Zoom call, and you would have seen me just jump out of my chair. The other guys here, but that was quite something. Anyway, uh, no golf today, obviously. So <laughs> there we go. Wow, okay. It's, I wish we were recording the television portion of that. That would have gone in our year-long <laughs> blooper reel. Wow, that was pretty uh, pretty wild. Anyway, you know that busy was like, show. Adam, you know what it was like? That was like if, if the three of us were like doing a bad B horror film, cue the lightning... <laughs> sound effects. <laughs> wow, that is, uh, that's a drop that we'll <laughs> never forget here uh, on GTC. But a busy one today, Bill Price from TaylorMade going to join the show talking about the new TP Reserve line of putters. I uh, had a chance to speak with Bill uh, late last week about this new line, and boy, oh boy, they look sleek and sweet. We'll have much more on that in hour two. Uh, Jody Jenkins from Endless Summer, the long drive competition going on uh, later this week. Mark uh, chatted with Jody about that we'll hear that interview and john pack's going to join us john pack the latest winner on pga tour canada first professional win he was also the low amateur in the 120th u.s open so we'll have much more when we chat with john pack keegan bradley now a six-time winner on the pga tour and an lpga major which is where we are starting today with some news and some headlines news and headlines are brought to you by sandbagger hard seltzer sandbagger everybody knows one 
Well, the KPMG Women's PGA Championship at a relatively soggy Baltistral uh, went down this past weekend, and we're going to get into the golf course itself later on. But first of all, Ronan Yin, now a major champion on the LPGA Tour. Bob, this was a ball-striking display really for the ages. She hit her last 37 greens, 37 greens in regulation en route to her major victory. How impressed were you? <laughs> that's pretty impressive uh she is an impressive young young player as well she's only 20 years old and i thought the fact that i mean she leads the lpj tour in strokes gain approach not surprisingly it just she's probably uh padded her lead now in terms of that i had to laugh at the headline that came up uh i think it was on friday or saturday i guess it was on for sunday morning after saturday's round where the headline read uh yin leads lin and shin and they were all jump <laughs> chasing each other down the stretch. But listen, this is a woman who has done some amazing things already in her golf career. She turned amateur, won the China, uh, as an amateur, she won the Chinese amateur and eight other sort of marquee uh, amateur events around the world. She turned pro, dominated the uh, league over in China. She becomes the second woman from China to win a major after Shen Shen Feng, the now retired Shen Shen Feng. And, um, you know, I think there was a lot of focus obviously on, on Rose Zhang, but this is another player who I think is going to be pretty impressive. And man, th these women are so good at 18, 19, 20, 21. It's really amazing. And you wonder if it's just because they have no fear. They haven't gotten any scar tissue like us old geezers have when you're standing over like a 15-foot putt to win the tournament, right? As yeah, she it's, did on it's the really 18th hole at 72nd hole. Yeah. No, totally. It's fascinating how, and, and that's changed too. And, and we saw that, you know, back in 2019 when Colin Morikawa, Victor Hovland, Matthew Wolf, they all came on the scene, you know, fresh out of college. And, you know, for years it was the case of, uh, you know, you, you had to develop, you had to learn to learn to basically you had to lose first and, you know, take those lessons and go on to win. But uh, now these players are winning at such a, a young age. This is, a, this is a pretty funny edition of radio as I'm hearing some pelting rain coming down somewhere here. Uh, it's, it's absolutely pouring outside my window right now. It could too, be your so. own window, Adam. I don't know. It's not raining in Scarborough yet, but, I mean, it, no. Bob's going to get it first. Adam's going to get it second. I will get it last so we'll, <laughs> right. through the two hours. So. Right. Now, Mark, are, are you in your new outdoor uh, facility, yeah, this studio? Yeah, so, this is amazing. Okay. So we, uh, I built... You know, we built this studio a couple of weeks ago and just because we've lost some space at uh, Casa Zucchino uh, over the last 12 months. So we built an independent uh, kind of office slash studio and it's soundproof. And we put in uh, the Bell high speed, like the highest speed Internet you can possibly put in independent line uh, right in here. So. I might never leave the studio. I might just sit behind this desk and broadcast everything, Bob. I think it's quite funny how you call it a studio, and yet um, Mrs. Golf Talk Canada, when I was talking to her at uh, the U.S. Open last week, she calls it like the box where I'm going to send Mark when I don't want to see him anymore. <laughs> right. Exactly. I think, I, I think, Mark, for our, our viewers and audience, you should maybe after the show, maybe during a commercial break, Take a take a video panning across what what the studio looks like because sure, people we'll want to see you know right. yeah because I I'm more curious anyway getting back to the KPMG Women's PGA Championship uh, so Ronings uh, Roning in uh, your winner uh, first time uh, major champion before we discuss some of the other notables let's hear from the latest champion on the LPGA Tour.
After the tee shot, I saw Yuka make an incredible birdie here, and I know I have to make birdie at this hole to win the championship, and uh, I'm glad I did it. <laughs> it was a clutch putt and a great fist pump, too, uh, to get her first major victory. Okay, Brooke Henderson. She gets her, it's her best, uh, she has a T15 finish, so her third finish of T15 or better, finished T11 earlier this year as well. Of course, she got a victory, finished T23 at the first major. So her first two major finishes of the season, T23, T15. And Mark, she had a legitimate chance to win. She was one shot off the lead after day one. So for you, when you look at that number and you look at the scores that were shot, this past week are you now over par or under par in terms of optimism for brooke as we head to the next major championship uh i think i I think it's trending in the right direction so if we're if the question is for the next major championship i'll go under par if it was for this major i'm still a little disappointed and would put her to level par or to over par for this particular week but I think there are some signs of improvement. Uh, for example, Bob and I have been talking about her ball striking. And, you know, she's usually, you know, that's where she makes her money, right? Just being a solid ball striker. It hasn't been the case lately. But if you look at her scorecard this week, she made a lar- uh, she hit a ton of greens. It was only the second round, the 74 on the Friday, where she only hit 11 greens. The rest of the way, she was 15 greens, 15 greens, 16 greens. Um, she hit the fairway m- a ton. Uh, the putter kind of let her down. 32 putts on the second round, 35 putts on the Saturday. I mean, that's putting with a blindfold on a moving day uh, for Brooke. So I guess the encouraging thing is some of the things that she is known for, some of the things that has made her a legendary uh, player in our country already and a two-time champion are starting to come back around as we all anticipated. We knew her ball striking wasn't going to go uh uh, go, go away for too long. Um, the discouraging part of this is is some of those pots again, or you know. But isn't that part of the game, boys? Isn't it funny how when you've got something in the toolbox that isn't necessarily working the way you want it to, that you know maybe that's where you concentrate your your practice time. That's where you work on things with your coach. That's where you kind of get dialed back in, and that can take some time. And then all of a sudden, once that starts to come back around again, you go, oh, we've neglected, we've neglected that short game for the last two months, trying to get back on track with the ball striking. And we've landed kind of where we were at the start of the year when we were worried about her putting and not worried about her ball striking. Sooner or later, she's too good. It'll eventually, eventually all land in the same place. And that's why, Adam, when I look at these greens and regulation numbers, I gave her under par heading to the next major. Okay, I like that. And that next major is the U.S. Women's Open, which is next week. So it's it's coming up very shortly, which is great at Pebble Beach too. I'm so excited. That'll for that. be Bob, fun. From what, you, yeah, I know, Bob, Bob. From what you saw, so we had the conversation last week on both Golf Talk Canada and Speed Golf on Sports Center about your level of concern for Brooke, and you said it was it was starting to get up there after you know the victory to open the season. Since then, uh, a lot of mediocre play. But from what you saw from Brooke this week, what's your level of optimism now as we head into the U.S. Women's Open? Uh, I, I'm a little, I'm still pretty bullish on her. I think she's she's been playing a little bit better. Um, I think it's important to note that her worst round, the 74, she played in the worst of the weather, 
Mm -hmm. played a pretty horrendous storm out there. I mean, not quite as bad as I'm looking out my window right now. But <laughs> I think they might call it, Bob, the, if they were playing outside your window. Yeah, <laughs> they, they might They might call this radio show. I think it's, it's because yeah. it's too much weather. <laughs> but she did play in some pretty horrendous weather. And, and, and if you got the right side of the draw, you, um, you, know, you were a little more advantageous in terms of being able to score. So overall, I think, uh, I think she's training in the right direction. I think she's moving forward. I know she's pumped about Pebble Beach. She's told me earlier this year that she's never played there, so she's looking forward to that. And I think uh, I think good things ahead for Brooke Henderson. Yeah, looking forward to that U.S. Women's Open next week at Pebble Beach. Now, before we turn the corner or turn the page on the KPMG Women's PGA Championship, what do you guys think about Baltusrol? I mean, we, to me, to, to end on two long par fives, that's always been a little, mm, like we saw this uh, 2017 P 2018 PGA champ. No, I'm sorry. 2016 PGA Championship. Jimmy Walker went on to win uh, that week. Jason Day hit two sparkling two irons into that 72nd hole. Almost caught Jimmy Walker. But Mark, for you to end on two par fives, what do you think? Yeah, you know, it's it's the quirkiness of the layout, and unless they wanted to do a complete um, renovation and redesign, that wasn't going to change. You know, Gil Hans was hired really to do a restoration. And he's very clear on his definition of these things, that when someone hires him for a restoration, it's about bringing uh, back to the golf course what was lost from the, in all the uh, architects that have touched it over years. And, that, you know, Bob, how often have we seen this with the classic American layouts, you know, with, you know, they got Reese Jones in or Tom Fazio in or whoever it's in. And every time they bring somebody in every 15, 20 years or so, they put their fingerprint on the design and some of the original aspects of the golf course were removed. So this being a restoration project, Gil Hans really was hired to bring back the Tillinghast of into Baltusrol, which was really about larger green sizes, raised greens, larger bunkering because the bunkering shrunk over the years. Um, so I don't know how different this golf course, especially under soggy conditions. So we've seen this golf course, what guys, twice now, uh, in the last eight years, 2016 or so. And now, and now this year for two majors and both majors, we've seen it soggy, right? It was soggy in 2016. It was soggy again this week. So I, although I think the quirkiness of this golf course with the finish to Adam's point is something that. It's just we're never going to get past that, the, the, the routing and the layouts, the layout in terms of, of that. Um, we should maybe reserve total judgment until we see it play under proper conditions. I mean, um, you guys know as well as I do, once you give players so soft and soggy conditions, a lot of the, the, the architectural uh, nuances get flushed down the toilet. Bob, for you, what are your thoughts on Baltusrol? Uh I don't mind... The uh, the five five ending as much I think it lends itself to some some excitement down the stretch and I think that it's those are two really good holes. Um, it's unique, obviously, a, a little different, but same sort of thing as at your golf course at Bayview, Adam, with a five five start. So it's a little it, it's it can be a little bit awkward, but I think if you have a crowded leaderboard, it can kind of be exciting down the stretch. And um, I don't know, it's uh, I, I like. What they did with take out some of the trees i liked how they moved some of the bunkering in a little bit closer to the actual uh, play now and uh, made it you know a bit of a more more bit more challenging for the elite players uh, i think it looks really good compared to 
say way back when, uh, I can't remember when Phil Mickelson won there, back in 06, I think it was. And I think the, the appearance of it's a lot better. So I think it's a kind of a cool golf course. I know a lot of guys don't like the 5-5, five five, or a lot of players don't like the 5-5 five five ending. But, uh, but to me, it was as a spectator, it's kind of fun if you've got a close horse race down the stretch. Yeah, the only thing I would say about the 5-5 five five finish is if only one of them was a little shorter, so it's more of a risk award. Not many players were getting very close to that green and two, especially because of that severe false front by the, that 18 pole playing about 500 yards, but straight uphill too. So anyway, we're looking forward to the next time Baldus Rawls hosting a major event like this. Well, on the PGA Tour, Keegan Bradley gets done in a hometown win, sort of, kind of, maybe on the other side. We'll discuss <laughs> Keegan Bradley's win at the Travelers Championship. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC was presented by TaylorMade and the TP5 and 5X. Try it. What's the best that can happen? This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by TaylorMade. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Caddy Time the Uber-like app that allows golfers across Canada to find affordable, qualified caddies to any round. Visit caddytime.com. Download the app or talk to your PGA professional today. Welcome back inside Golf Talk Hand. Scully, Weeks, Zucchino all around the table. Uh, Mark, first of all, thank you for posting that video of the home studio. Didn't see a wine fridge in the studio? Like what? I know maybe that's a purchase I got to be make like the yeah. wine fridge is built into the island in the kitchen underneath. So oh. why not just a secondary wine fridge? The good stuff, because you know, I got to watch Marty now, right? He's 20. So I oh, mean, boy. every once in a while, the good bottles disappear. I'm like, how did that go down? Right. Maybe we have to put that under lock and key in here or something. <laughs> yeah, and and, and he, he's got some swag, too. I mean, we, we talk about Cashmere Keith Mitchell, but Marty's got some. Oh, Marty's, yeah, he's like he the best dress. dress. He'll be 20 in September. He's like uh, the best dressed 19-year-old on the planet. I always think he's, I don't know, like Mr. Rourke welcoming them to Fantasy Island, like kind of thing going on. So <laughs> <laughs> over, Anyways, over Adam's head, Bob. Yeah, over Adam's I didn't head. get that. I didn't get that at all. Yeah, <laughs> right over my head. Anyways, getting back to the PGA Tour, another designated event has come and gone. The Travelers Championship. Lots of low scores this past week, which we will get into in Winners Weird and What with some comments from one Rory McIlroy about the golf course. But Keegan Bradley gets it done, his sixth career PGA Tour win. Before we debrief Bradley's win, let's hear from Keegan Bradley. You know, this is for all the kids who grew up in New England. Got to sit through the winters and watch watch other people play golf. And I just am so proud to win this tournament. Travelers and everybody involved puts on a first-class tournament. It's been like this for a decade, and I'm just so proud to be the winner here. You weren't much older than your two sons when you came here with your family for the first time. Can you put into words what this full circle moment means? As you said, your, your kids now know what Dad does for a living. They're old enough. Yeah, it's unbelievable. I, I can't believe that they're here. They're so my wife Jillian, I love her so much. She's the best. Um, I just am so happy to have my family here. They're they're my lucky charm, and I love them so much. Great win there for Keegan Bradley, who's now been on the scene for for quite some time. And you know, I, I think back to that Ryder Cup 
in 2012 when he was playing with Phil Mickelson at Medina. And uh, Keegan Bradley's caddy at the time, his nickname was Pepsi, when a long putt went in. He, and he was swinging the, the flag stick around his head like it was a javelin. And uh, Keegan Bradley showed so much adrenaline, so much emotion that week. And then he sort of went off a little bit, but now he is back and playing uh, some great golf. Bob, what impressed you the most about Keegan Bradley this past week? Uh, just how he just kept the hammer down really until the last sort of last half of the last night. I mean, he just kept continuing to drop in birdies and bury putts. Uh, we should give a shout out to his caddy, Scotty Vale from Oshawa, Ontario, uh, who's on the bag and the two of them pulled that one together for their first major win. He's obviously won earlier this year and a big win of the year. I mean, and, um, I just think that, uh, Keegan Bradley is a guy who's kind of reinvented himself, right? He had success with the long putter, won the PGA Championship, had to go and change it. And he's starting, you know, he started a couple of years ago to say that, he, that it really felt like normal again to be putting the way he is. So I, I just, uh, I think he's, he's had a really sneaky good year. And uh, look out for him at, uh, in the Ryder Cup. Yeah, five top tens now on the season for Keegan Bradley. You mentioned the putting there, Mark, and he's one of many PGA Tour players who uses aim point, who... Uh, a lot of people watching on TV uh, might look at and think, that just looks kind of weird. Like, what, what are they trying to do? But for Keegan Bradley, it's certainly uh, working. How much do you think aim point has really helped turn around Keegan Bradley on the, on the greens? Well, well, he suggested uh, after his win that, you know, it was the, the combination of being back on bent grass greens and aim point that led to this victory that just gave him the confidence that he needed just so so much familiarity being in the you know in the northeast on bent and and aim point and whether the aim point is to is actually truly leading to this or whether it's just giving him the confidence either or it doesn't matter right if you believe it to be true uh then i guess it's true the old george costanza Bob, as we say, right? If, if, if you believe a lie, is it still a lie, right? So um, I, think, I think he was just so confident on these putting surfaces. And statistically speaking, he was seven shots better than the field with the putter this week. Seven shots better than the field with the irons this week. Uh, and on a golf course where, you know, you didn't need to drive it great because it was soft and it was wide. So you've got soft and fairly wide. Not a lot of rough, or at least not a lot of punishing rough. So it really became a putting contest in iron play. We'll get into that a little later in Winners Weird and What. But he was truly dialed in. And it's hard for a belly putter uh, player. I know for a lot of our listeners, they go, okay, well, he still gets to anchor it, right? He gets to press it against the arm, and he still gets to anchor it. But from going from a belly putter arm anchor, yes, it's still anchored, but it's such a different stroke. Like an anchored belly putter is all about releasing the putter. The, the putter hits the bottom of the, of the apex of your swing where it's attached to your chest or stomach and then releases past that point. So the putter actually, you know, goes past your hands and releases. Uh, similar to a conventional stroke for a lot of people, an arm, an arm lock putter never releases. It's up against that leading arm at all the time, and it's a push, and it's a block, and it's down the line. So he had to reinvent himself. We'll get into his diet as well in Winners Weird and What. you got to hand it to Keegan Bradley for remaining relevant. And a big hometown win, to Bob's point. It wasn't until later on on Sunday where he realized, I'm about to win my home event, right? And you could see those nerves settle in, and wow, it meant a lot to him. So well done.
And it, it was a cool atmosphere, too, the fans chanting Keegan Bradley as he was walking out that 18th hole. And awesome, too, that, you know, he has a three-shot lead. There you go. He, he a three-shot lead. Like, he knew un unless something catastrophic happened, he was going to win the tournament. He really took in the atmosphere, too. And awesome for his family to be there for the win. You could, you could see him mouthing, where's my family, after he tapped in that emphatic fist pump for Keegan Bradley, now a six-time winner on the PGA Tour. And who knows, the Ryder Cup, uh, given the way some other uh, top American players in past years have played so far this season, Keegan Bradley, who knows? I think we'll get into the Ryder Cup maybe a little bit on Wednesday's show as well. Give me a little update on the standings, where we sit as the Ryder Cup at Marco Simone in Italy. That's coming up a little later this year. Now, speaking of winners on PGA Tour Canada, John Pack got it done. A big victory on PGA Tour Canada. On the other side, he's going to join us right here on Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC presented by TaylorMade was brought to you by Caddy Time, the Uber-like app that allows golfers across Canada to add affordable, qualified caddies to any round. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by TaylorMade. This segment of GTC is brought to you by WeatherTech Canada, Canada's leader in automotive accessories. Visit weathertech.ca. Welcome back inside Golf Talk Canada. Scully, Zacchino, and Week. Switching gears here now, PGA Tour Canada, the... Elk Ridge, Saskatchewan Open is now come and gone. And the champion, John Pack, a four-shot victory. Rounds of 66, 64, 66, 63 for John Pack as he wins for the first time as a professional. And he joins us now on the line. John, congrats on the win. Welcome to Golf Talk Canada. Hey, yeah, thank you so much. I'm happy to be here. Absolutely. So walk us through the final round. How... How special is it for you to wake up a morning later and now be a champion on PGA Tour Canada? Yeah, no, obviously it feels great. Um, I was a little nervous going into that final day, uh, but just stuck stuck to my process and just you know believed in myself. I hit a lot of you know I uh, hit a lot of fairways and just kept the ball in play. And I don't know if you guys have been to Elk Ridge, but it's beautiful property, but one of the tightest courses I've ever played in my life and. You just have to keep it in the fairway, and once you're you're there, the greens are so good. You hit it on the green, you you hit a good putt, and it rolls so true. And you know, I I, I did just that. John, I know uh, you've been on the Corn Ferry Tour, and you you didn't keep your privileges there. You had a wrist injury. How's your confidence level at the start of this season coming up to play in Canada? Um, you know, if I'm going to be completely honest, it wasn't too high. Um, I played last week and I played terrible. I shot five over, missed the cut by seven shots, and you know that just shows that like anything can happen in golf and it could just turn around just like that. But yeah, I mean this means so much to me because you know, like you said, my confidence level wasn't wasn't at, at an all time high, but you know this just proves to myself and you know the work I've put in with my team that I can still get it done. So, John, that's a great segue because, you know, when we look at the scorecard and this leaderboard, they're going to say, oh, he won easy. You know, he won by three or four coming down the stretch, and he kind of just coasted home. Not necessarily the case. You birdied two of the last three holes. You put it in the house, and you kind of made it uh, untouchable for anybody else. So 
I have to assume you've got a confidence now moving forward. And what was it? What did you learn this week that was maybe help holding you back? Now, keep in mind, you didn't finish second at qualifying. So to your point, it's come and it's gone. How do we flip the switch to make it just more consistent and it stays? You know, um, I give a lot of credit to, to both my caddies this week, Flint Beckers and Ty Strafacci. Um I didn't play so smart last week. Um, I was just being overly aggressive, and I feel like out here a lot of these holes are shorter, and they bait you into hitting drivers, three woods, and trying to advance the ball closer. But, you know, I kind of I made sure I stuck to a process and played smart, and, you know, they made sure I did that as well. And it was nice to have them on the bag, and especially Tyler being a uh, USAM champion. He's been in that position before, and, you know, he kept me calm, cool, collected, and, you know, very comfortable on that back nine. And, you know, he he gave me a lot of confidence to hit the shots I needed to at, when the time was right. So, you know, he just he made me aggressive in the right moments. And, you know, I, I uh, want to thank him for that. We're in conversation with John Pack, the latest winner on PGA Tour Canada. And Bob mentioned it there earlier, your wrist injury. You had surgery on your wrist. Just... Take us through what it was like rehabbing that injury and now the satisfaction for you that you've come all the way back and are now a champion. Yeah, um, that was tough. I, I got surgery early March, right after uh, Canadian Q School. And uh, it was tough because um, you never know with surgeries. Even if it's a, just a minor one, you your body's not the same it was prior to that. And... You know, it could have been worse, it could have been better, but in this case, it it feels a lot better. I feel fully healthy, and um, yeah, I was a little little down in the dumps, just sitting on my couch, uh, watching all these guys in the corn fair and PGA Tour winning, a couple of my friends playing really well, and it, it motivated me to to get back up there and and get to that level and compete with them once again. Uh, you're off to Edmonton. You're probably already there. You're at the next stop in, in Edmonton uh, this week. Have you had a chance to even look at the course? You know, what do you know about what this week is going to look like? No, I, absolutely nothing. And we're we're about to leave for a six and a half hour drive, and about 15 minutes after this call. So yeah, just just getting ready. Uh, just going to get some rest today. Maybe maybe play a quick nine. But yeah, it's 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 crazy this this journey we go on. It's it's a grind and. We're back, right back at it, right back at it the next day. Hey, John, just quickly, glamorous, I'm just it's a glamorous job. It's a sorry, Mark. It's a glamorous know, job, huh? That uh, PJ Tour Canada. I know, just one yeah. stop to the next. That's kind of where I was going. To be honest with you, Bob, is that John? You know, now with the wind coming so early in the season, how hard is it to stay in the process now? Because I'm sure you and your team kind of had a plan put together for the year, goals in mind. Obviously, the goal to graduate immediately, uh, maybe win that order of merit, etc. How do you stay in the process now? How do you stay on the plan without getting too far ahead of yourself, knowing you've got a long season still to go here? No, obviously, yeah, it, it is a long season. There's still eight more events, and since it's a little more compact, you know, I gotta, I gotta make sure I stay in my process. You know, it, whether it be on the golf course, travel, all of that, I, I think that's so important to me is just staying in the process. Make sure you don't get ahead of yourself. You know. Um, also, the, the and, and a, the great Kobe line: "Job's not done." So I gotta, I gotta go out there and, you know, just get get the job done. 
little uh, little mamba mentality there, if you will. That's that's awesome, John. Okay, a couple of fun ones before we let you go. Uh, I always love asking uh, winners on PGA Tour Canada. What is their phone like when you when you pulled out your phone for the first time after getting the dub? How many texts? How many calls? Um, I had probably a hundred messages on through text and like fifty. Uh... Nice. 50 to 70 DMs on Instagram, and you know that just that just shows that you know their my support is incredible. Like you know, friends and family calling and texting, and um, yeah, they they've always had my back, so I'm 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 pretty pretty proud and happy about you know the people that are supporting me. That's awesome, man. And he played great on the golf course. And I have to give you kudos as well because the champagne pop that you pulled off on the 18th green after the victory, sometimes, you know, popping champagne's not all that easy sometimes. But I got to give you credit, John, because you pulled it off and, and you've, you pulled off that champagne pop in a nice way. So congratulations, man. Thank you. That was my first time. I had no idea what I was doing, but it, I guess it looked kind of good. <laughs> Well, uh, John, congratulations on uh, a great performance, a great victory. Safe travels to Edmonton today, and who knows? Well, we'd love to have you on later this year after another victory on PGA Tour Canada. Thanks for your time today. Awesome. Thank you guys so much. Appreciate it. That is John Pack, the latest winner on PGA Tour Canada. And I, I had to get in that little that comment about the champagne popping because is sometimes, you know, sometimes it's not all that easy. Sometimes it goes a little early. Uh, Bob, what's your experience with champagne popping? Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty good at that. I think I can. I figured out that the idea is that you don't try to push the cork out. You twist it. That's what I've learned. That was a secret oh. that I learned. Just twist it and then it takes care of itself. But. I was just going to say that thank goodness nobody got tackled with a champagne bottle. So that's good. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well done. Well done. Okay, on the other side, we're going to have an update on 20 weeks of TaylorMade. And we're going to have a little recap again on Scotty Scheffler. Because the last time Scotty Scheffler finished outside the top 12 in a PGA Tour event, I hadn't started hosting SportsCenter yet. It's been that long since Scotty Scheffler finished outside the top 12 in a PGA Tour event. We'll discuss Scotty Scheffler on the other side, and we'll give a little health update, too, on how Mark's arm is doing and how Bob's swing speed is doing, because both, they're improving at a rapid pace. Golf Talk Canada continues next. This segment of GTC presented by TaylorMade was brought to you by WeatherTech Canada, Canada's leader in automotive accessories. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by TaylorMade. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Play Golf Myrtle Beach, home to 80 great courses, 60 miles of sandy shores, endless dining and entertainment. Visit PlayGolfMyrtleBeach.com to start planning your golf trip today. Wrapping up Hour 1 here on GTC, Adam Scully, Mark Sacchino, and Bob Weeks wrapping up the Travelers Championship as well. Yes, Keegan Bradley gets it done. Sixth career PGA Tour victory for Keegan Bradley. Now moves way up the U.S. Ryder Cup standings. We'll have much more on those on Wednesday's edition of Golf Talk Canada. But another week and another finish inside the top 12 for Scotty Scheffler. It's now been 246 days or 18 events since Scotty Scheffler 
finished outside the top 12. Two months since he's finished outside the top five. So a lot of the talk about Scheffler is he's had this you know, great run, obviously, but you know, two wins is included in that. The putting has been sort of the make or break for him. This past week at the Travelers, 67th in driving accuracy, 43rd in strokes gained putting. My question to Mark, I'll start with you because he was on your TSN Edge team last week. What is it going to take for you to not have Scotty Scheffler on your Edge team the next time he tees up in a tournament? Anything? I, I mean, it's almost impossible to not have him, right? I mean, this is a bad finish. This this is this twelfth place finish, or or sorry, this tied for fourth, I should say, this week is a bad finish. Um, which is ridiculous saying that, but it's true. I mean, the second round segment, look at these rounds, guys. 63 on Thursday, 63 Saturday, 65 Sunday. What's the outlier here? Round 270. What happened in round two that didn't happen in any other of the rounds? Minus two strokes, uh, strokes gained putting 132nd in the field in the second round. If you eliminate that one round, and take a look at his total strokes game putting. Even with that horrific day, he finishes 43rd. The putter is turning around slowly but surely. Eventually, we all know where this is going to land. And I'm wondering, I'm curious if Bob has an opinion on this. Because him and I have felt similar about this in the past together. We are going to get to Hoy Lake for the final major of the year for the men. And they are going to be dealing with putting surfaces that are a little less slick, a little less severe than we see at the previous majors in the year. Scotty Scheffler, Bob, if his ball striking stays on point when we get to the Open Championship and we got green speeds running at 10 where you can hit it, maybe there's a little bit more hit in the stroke than roll in the stroke. Is that what Scotty Scheffler needs to get his second major of his career? Uh, possibly. Now, the, the weather forecast that has been the weather lately in Liverpool has been apparently bone dry. There hasn't been rain there in months, they were saying, and so it's it's going to be extra hard and extra fast and extra zippy. There's, even that said, the, the greens will be a little bit different, obviously, than we're used to. Uh, I remember the year, I think it was 2006, when Tiger won over there where it was so dry. They had little signs in the rough saying, please don't throw your cigarettes mm-hmm. in the ground here because the, the butts, they were afraid that we were going to start little brush fires. I think, and I think really what we have to do now as far as our edge picks is we're going to have to have uh, Scotty Scheffler as an exactor waging. You're going to have to pick Scotty Scheffler and another player. <laughs> you know, it's, just too, it's just too easy. You can't you have to do like a parlay or something. You're just going to have to do that because you're right. I mean, and why wouldn't you pick him? I mean, with these results, all he needs is one or two more shots and, and his win total could be through the roof. He, he has won more money this year than the career earnings of Tom Watson and Ben Crenshaw combined. So, I mean, put that into, I know the purses have gone way up, especially this year. He's over 18 million. I mean, he could get to 20 million in, in a blink of an eye, and that would be a ridiculous uh, achievement. But that just shows you how consistent his play has been. Yeah, certainly. And Mark, I'm, I'm interested about that, the comment about the slow greens, because, you know, Scotty Scheffler obviously won at Augusta, where mm-hmm. we've seen a lot of passive putters. Mm-hmm. get it done there and you know he's one at other places that have had uh very fast green services you think of bay hill you think of tpc sawgrass you think I it wonder, might work I, against I, I, him. i'm curious yeah no i'm i wonder if it work, work actually works against him 
Where yeah, be curious where to see. You, you know, it's something's yeah. got to give, right, Adam? And and listen, where Scotty Scheffler is so good, he can win on any. Like, let's be honest. I mean, this guy is the number one player in the world. He has won numerous places. To your point, Adam. Um, it will be curious to see. I love the fact that we're going to get a bouncy Hoy Lake. But even as hard as it's going to be, we know those green speeds aren't going to get much better than 11, even when they're dry and hard. It's more the firmness, to Bob's point, the hops, which kind of brings your iron play uh, in, it, you know, more, it has to be more dialed in because, you know, if, if you're going to get it any, the, the best thing about Lynx Golf when it's baked out, your landing spots on guessing those first hops need to be so precise. Instead of having, you know, a couple of yards of square footage to land your approach, you're literally down to, no, you've got four feet here, square, a square footage of four feet, six feet to land this approach, or it's off the back, or it's in a pot bunker. That's when it's brilliant. So hopefully it stays dry between now and then. That'd be going to be super exciting. Well, you mentioned the green speeds might be 10 or 11. The fairways might be running 12 or 13, given how dry it is and how different the play is going to be. I can't wait for the Open Championship. It's always my favorite viewing experience of the year. And Scotty Scheffler, John Rahm, who missed the cut this past week at the Travelers Championship, Rory McIlroy, all bouncing back and forth between uh, betting favorite for the 151st open championship we'll get to rory's performance both on and off the golf course a little later in winners weird and what some interesting comments about the low scores at the travelers championship but we have to give everyone what they want and everyone wants a health update on mr mark sacchino because you know we were talking all about you know your arm and whether we have to chop it off that sort of thing but it, it appears mark we've turned a corner and we're ready to you know maybe not get back on the stack system, but we're, we're playing relatively pain free sort of kind of. Yeah. So the, the, the tear in the shoulder is healed. So that's the good news. So pretty much pain free. The tendonitis is still there, but that's something I'm just going to have to work through. But uh, yeah, pretty much pain free. It gets a little sore the next day kind of thing. That's more fatigue. Now we just got to get some strength back into it, Adam. I'm waving at it like an old man. I look like, uh, you know, I should be retiring from the Champions Tour. You know, I'm holding on for dear life in my early 70s, my last lap around Augusta or something, waving at it with those high cuts of 208, just peeling down the right side back to the middle. So I, I, I've got no speed. So we'll have to, uh, we got to get to the gym or we got to do something. But I think it's too soon, though, to get on the stack system, to your point. I think that would be probably not the smartest move in the world. But happy to be playing uh, pain-free, gents. Yeah, I'm guessing, Mark, a lot of band work is in your future to try to strengthen up that uh, that shoulder again, correct? Yeah, some band work, uh, some planking, some ex some stretching routine, uh, light weights. Uh, we'll start there. That's that's kind of where we're starting. And uh, you know, I won't be uh, won't be getting ready for a marathon with Bob anytime soon, that, unless I can drive beside him and just give words of encouragement. I could do that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but, well, I, but yeah. I, I always tell you, you, you've got an open invite to my home gym here. We got the chin up bar, we got the dumbbells. You're more than welcome to come oh join and, and, and hang I'm off uh, like I'm monkey scared bars already. Like, yes, uh, Bob. For you, uh, you, you said he got back out there a couple times. Uh, was the was the swing speed as high as it was at Bayview about three weeks ago, and you were just absolutely bombing it out there? Yeah, there was there was a little rust uh, on the uh, on the golf clubs. There was a little bit of uh, tinkering here and there, and my putter was, which is usually pretty decent wasn't uh, wasn't great 
So I had to straighten that out a little bit, and uh, but it was by the end of sort of three quarters of the way through the first day I on Friday, I kind of had things back in a bit of a groove and was comfortable, except for a couple of uh, a couple of missed opportunities and uh, had a couple of doubles in each each round. Well, actually more than a couple of doubles, but anyway, it was it was a good day. It was all all good. I uh, I got I got it into uh, into the house in a respectable number for me. There you go. Well, that's uh, that's all that matters, and we're not playing any golf today. I'll tell you that because that uh, that rain that hit you earlier, Bob, is now coming down in my neighborhood right now. And I'm it's been blinding here for the last fifteen minutes, oh. Adam. I mean, it's just pouring outside. I don't even think I can get back into the house. I think Mrs. Golf Talk Canada's <laughs> dreams come true. I'm trapped out here in the in the studios. I think there's a, a big lock going on the door. I'm going to be stuck inside. That's it. Yeah. Oh, boy. Well, uh, one thing I do know is that whenever we all go out and play, uh, we're all using the TaylorMade Stealth 2 Plus driver, and that's the prize we gave away this past week on 20 Weeks of TaylorMade. Check out our social media channels a little later this afternoon to find out who won this past week's fantasy pool. I can tell you I came about 2,500th this past week in the Travelers <laughs> Championship pool. So really doing well. You know, I'm in last place in our TSN edge. You know, I've, I've always got some bold picks. Maybe I should try to be a little safer with my picks. No, I'm, I'm never going to change. That, that's never going to happen. But uh, uh, 20 Weeks of TaylorMade, check out our website, golftalkcanada.com, the 20 Weeks of TaylorMade tab. We're giving away over $40,000 in TaylorMade product this year. And speaking of TaylorMade and Team TaylorMade, next week on Golf Talk Canada, Mac Boucher is going to join us uh, for television, and he is a member of Team TaylorMade, and he is the most followed golfer on social media. Yes, he has 240,000 followers, more than a lot of players that maybe you might think of. So this guy has a huge influence and impact uh, on the game of golf in Canada. A lot of trick shots, and he's going to put me through the paces on how he hits some of these slinging hook shots, slinging uh, cut shots, uh, little drives off the tee. I'm going to see if I can maybe show him some trick shots on my own, have a little head-to-toe or toe-to-toe, toe-to-toe uh, with Mac and I. That's all coming up on next week's edition of Golf Talk Canada. Looking forward to that. That wraps up Hour 1 here on GTC. Hour 2, we've got Jody Jenkins talking about long drive. We've got winners, weird and what. And to kick off Hour 2, Bill Price from TaylorMade on their newest line of putters. You're not going to want to miss this. These putters are very, very sweet. That's all coming up next. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC presented by TaylorMade was brought to you by Play Golf Myrtle Beach, the golf capital of the world. Thank you for listening to Hour 1 of GTC. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Golf Talk Canada. For show archives, podcasts, and all things GTC, visit golftalkcanada.com. And don't miss Golf Talk Canada Television weekly on the TSN Television Network. This is Hour 2 of Golf Talk Canada, presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. For over 15 years, our focus has been on helping Canadians stay invested in all market conditions, including this one. Why Picton Mahoney? Visit PictonMahoney.com. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Zacchino, Bob Weeks, and Adam Scully. Welcome back to Hour 2 here on GTC, The Back Nine. We have Mark Sacchino, we have Bob Weeks, and we have Adam Scully all around discussing the latest in the world 
of golf. Winners, weird, and what a little later in the show. Tons to pick from this past week in the world of golf. But, you know, many people, when they look at their own golf bags, they think, ah, the driver's probably the most important club in the bag. But, you know, come on, the putter is the club you use the most and you would think is the most crucial part and uh, way you can score on the golf course. Now, obviously, uh, we all have TaylorMade equipment, and TaylorMade has released its latest line of putters. Before we get to that, Mark, which putter are you currently using in the bag right now? <laughs> uh, that's an interesting question, Adam, Thank because you. Uh, I've been flipping around, uh, playing around with a new putting stroke, but uh, in, in oh. what I've just been doing it, like not haven't taken it to the golf course yet. So I'm still using that custom center shafted spider that they built me with the broom. Um, so that's still the that's still the putter that I'm I'm bringing to to play when I get a chance to play. But I am playing around with the new stroke that we'll see. I'm not gonna I can't publicly talk about it yet. Yeah, we'll we'll save that for another day. On, on another rainy day, we'll we'll all sit around a campfire and discuss that one. Bob, for you, what what stroke, what putter are you currently using? I got the Spider GTX, I think it is. It's uh, you know mallet head, and I've uh, I actually have momentarily gone away from that only once uh, early last year. I tried a different model, but I went back to this one. I just find the stability. I find it really easy to to um, really easy to line it up. And, uh, and I've been using that uh, with pretty good success rate, I would say. I'm very comfortable with it. I got the fat grip on it, and um, I love that. It's, it's, uh, it's a good, good club for me. Yeah, I'm also using the Spider GTX uh, right now. And last year I used a TaylorMade Del Monte style of putter, a bit of a bigger blade, but switched to the Spider uh, GTX uh, this year. It's so far so good. But now TaylorMade has a new line of putters, the TP Reserve. And let me tell you, these are a lot different than what the Spider provides a whole different set of technology used with this putter and a lot of tour feedback in a positive manner as well about this new line of flat sticks for much more i had a chance to catch up with the man behind the putters from taylormade bill price for much more on the taylormade tp reserve line of putters now joining us good friend of the show bill price and bill how long has this putter line been in the works uh, great question, Adam. You know, we've been talking about this for a lot of years. In fact, uh, probably over the last 10 is probably the number one question I've gotten from not just our customers and uh, indoors here at TaylorMade. Everybody that loves a blade has been talking about when are we going to make a, a finely milled putter. So finally, you know, with our portfolio of players that we have today, you know, we've seen, you know, you always see players shift back and forth. And, and, um, and it seems a lot of our portfolio are I don't want to say mostly blade. We still have a lot of spiders out there, but we've got a lot of newcomers that have come into our portfolio and they're blade guys. So we're, they seem to be um, needing, you know, this style of putter more than ever. So the TaylorMade TP Reserve, tell us about some of the main technology points behind these putters. So when you look at this category, it's very classic driven, right? And it's all about uh, precision and uh, artistry of the putters you know we talk about a tenth of a millimeter when we look at these you know the fine lines and the and the sharpness of the of the top line and the edges and the bumpers and the radii you know it's different than we talk about a spider 
when we talk about spider, you and I go back and forth. We talk about, well, the MOI and the stability and the, the role. Uh, there's different words that we use with spider than we do with a milled putter. And, you know, the shapes um, and styles of these have been around for the last 40 years. They're simple shapes. You know, we haven't really reinvented shapes in, in this category, but it's really the the fine tuning and, and the little things, the artistry that we do. And, uh, um, you know, performance comes in a lot of different ways and you can speak to it a lot of different ways. So the fine milling um, and using different machines that we use on this type of putter is kind of the performance that comes out of it. Now, there is also a different insert that we, in fact, we don't have an insert. So we've machined in the groove versus we've always been talking about roll for many, many years, especially on spider butters. But in this case, there's a certain sound that the player likes to hear and feel from a blade putter. That's very different from a, from a mallet butter. Wow. There's a lot, uh, a lot to get into there. So how different will this putter feel from say a, a spider putter? So we've always had a we've always believed in an insert and an insert provided better roll, um, but when and it's also a softer sound or softer feel with a spider. In this case, when you look at this category, it's heavily driven by um, non-inserts. So there's a louder sound that give provides feedback uh, to players, and there's a lot of players. And we started getting this out there and testing, and a lot of those style players, these particular players, use that sound for distance control. So they like a louder sound. So we really paid attention to that. And we looked at the competition. We looked at what's the sound that we want to have. So we did a lot of research with sound testing and developed our own sound. And through the groove that we have, we, so we provided a, a groove and we looked at a groove across the insert that's very consistent across the face. So you get the same sound now from our groove, uh, not only in the top, or the bottom of the putter, as well as in the middle of the putter. So the groove really is more of a sound groove, and it provides the optimal sound, and it provides a sound that we're really happy at TaylorMade for. So we really worked hard on finding a TaylorMade sound that's right for a classic putter like Reserve. That's so interesting because you hear that a lot with drivers about finding the right sound at impact. I've never heard that uh, with a putter until right now. Yeah, so depending upon how you machine the face and changing the face. So if you actually looked at a putter that does not have a lot of machining on the face, you're going to get even a higher pitch, a higher decibel sound uh, than you do uh, with any other putter. So uh, inserts provide a softer sound. Now, we could change that through the materials of the insert. But in this case, there's a certain sound uh, in these classic designs of reserve and in this category that players have come to love and so it and that and that actually like i said is a performance factor because it helps with distance control so we wanted to have a little bit of a our dna if you want to call it our groove story so we provided we looked at the groove to provide the right sound and the optimal sound so we looked at the right depth the right width of that groove and every time we changed that over 15 times we had a different slightly different sound so we're really happy where we landed and, and have the right sound that we're happy with with, uh, with tailor-made reserve putters. But to your point, if you hit our driver in a competition, we have a certain sound that we're locked in on with tailor-made drivers, right? Mm -hmm. So every driver, every year, you could custom to that same sound. So we're really excited about that. We paid attention to that in, in, our, in our TP reserve. So yeah, sound has a lot to do with performance. 
Wow, that's interesting. And so the TaylorMade TP Reserve also comes in a number of different heads, both blades and mallets. Is that correct? Sure. We tried to simplify the line initially with our first launch here. So we've got three blades and three mallets. And the, the naming uh, protocol for us is we're going to have a B1, B2, and a B3 blade, B for blade, uh, and then an M2, M3, M4 mallets. Um, the second number in there, like we have a B11, uh, and that second number refers to is a kind of an internal. We've got nine different housels, especially when we go on tour. So we could have a B1, B2, B3, um, or B111, or, or a B12, and a B13, and a B14. Those all refer to the type of housels that we have. So we've tried to simplify our uh, selection down to three models of blades and three three mallets. and. Uh, with a total of like nine different combinations of puzzles. So very simple line, uh, like I said, with uh, six six models and nine combinations. Wow, that's that's really cool to hear too. Now, uh, I always love to ask you about uh, the reaction from guys on tour uh, who have tried this putter, who have seen it for the first time. What has their reaction been? So the reaction has been great because they've been asking for it for a long time. Now, we've been always giving away our TP putter line, our TP putter line has always been casted. And there's a big difference when you cast a putter in a different sound and we've had an insert in ours. So again, having the TP reserve now with this elevated price point and this elevated performance level, now we don't have that insert. So now we have that locked in sound and now being able to go to those players that prefer that uh, that certain sound, we've locked that in. So big surprise from the players that we're testing right now. Excited about it because they they see the little things, the artistry and the, and the precision that that milling provides to a putter. And versus we can't do that with when we cast the putter because there's a lot of polishing that takes out all the the radii or it takes out the sharpness of that edge. So yeah, the excitement around the tour has been great. Our, our our uh, putter lab has been very, very full of a lot of reserves going out, not just to our tour players and uh, all of our, our best players out there, but also our home pro staff players. So for anyone watching this, whether you're a tour player or whether you're a weekend warrior, how do they decide which TP reserve is best for them? Yeah, so so a lot of the uh, designs that we have, if we just broke down the blade, so we have a very sharp leading edge, Very the bumpers are very sharp. Um, so you have that tour-inspired shape. And the second, you know, that's called a B1. The B2 has got um, same type of similar shape, a tour-inspired shape of a blade, but it has all those soft bumpers, soft leading edges. Everything's a more, little bit softer edges than, than, the, than the B1. And then the B3 is that wide body blade that's very popular right now. So you see a lot of wide blades being used, not just on tour, but by the best players. And uh, that's kind of that balance between a blade and a mallet, where you have this kind of wider body blade, uh, thicker top line. That's called a B3 from us. So, you know, from the blade side, it's a very simple process. What you like, you know, and B1 and B2 are very similar styles with the tour inspired styles. And a lot of our players that we were just discussing, those are the ones that are getting the most attention right now. But the wide body is exciting to me and I think for consumers out there. But then on our mallet side, um, we have a for a nice winged style mallet called the B, M2. And then we have more of, I call it a, more of a modern shape. It's a rounded shape with a lot of the, the nice polished edges around the complete uh, backside of the putter. 
So that's called an M3. And then the M4 is your classic, kind of again, a lean between a putter, between a blade and a mallet. It's that classic, simple mallet size that a lot of players um, have, have used over the past few uh, 10 years or so. So we've got a nice, simple approach to, to the models. Yeah, simple approach to the models, but so much detail in this line. The TaylorMade TP Reserve. I can't wait to try this out. And I know our viewers and listeners will love it too. Bill, as always, thanks for your time today. Thanks, Adam. A lot to get into there about that uh, that new putter from TaylorMade. Mark, uh, before we go to break, I know you're you're a gear junkie. Uh, from what you heard about that uh, that line, the new line, the the products used involved, what do you think? Yeah, it's amazing to me how sound, even at that speed, like we all knew about it in drivers, and it's amazing color too. Like Bob, you and I spoke uh, last year about all the, the new colors and the percent of the ball market for TaylorMade being now much greater in, in design and color and how it's not just throwing a stripe on a ball or a color on a ball, how there's a ton of research to, to, to know what color does what to the human eye and evoke what emotion and that, thus that yellow came out. Well, the same thing with sound and drivers, but for them to be able to tune in sound, i.e. to feel at the speed of a, a speed of a putter is just mind blowing to me. I, I get it from a driver standpoint. I'm like, okay, you know, it's that loud crack. It's that violent move into a driver to be able to do that, um, at, you know, from five feet or 20 feet, et cetera. It's just amazing. It's amazing to me, the science involved with today's uh, golf club technology. Bob thoughts. You know, I think one of the things that you that we often overlook when we're when we're choosing putters is the insert and the the way the ball the inserts on the on the uh, tailor made putters get the ball rolling a little quicker, than, which is very important rather than bouncing the first couple of steps. And I think the the different inserts can have different feels. It's such an individual club compared to pretty much everything else. You know, there's not really a lot of of uh, width in terms of choices when you're looking at a, at a driver, right? I mean, there are certain styles and certain things and each has its own operations. But when you go to putters, I mean, you go and look in uh, a pro shop somewhere and there's 60 different styles and shapes and necks and inserts and grips. And I mean, it's such a wild uh, market for these guys to continually keep improving and to continually keep offering the, the, the newest of, their, of what they're trying to put into a putter and into the different models of it. Um, to me, it's, it's, I don't know how Bill does it, to be perfectly honest with you. He's a genius and his team. Yeah, I, I agree. And they, uh, we chatted a bit after the interview too. And he, you could tell just the excitement in his, in his face, just how pumped up he is about this new uh, line of putters. Can't wait to give it a go myself. Okay, Golf Talk Canada will continue after the break. This segment of GTC was presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. For over 15 years, our focus has been on helping Canadians stay invested in all market conditions, including this one. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Cobble Beach, Georgian Bay's extraordinary waterfront golf resort community. Learn more about their award-winning golf course and growing community. Visit CobbleBeach.com today.
Well, it might not currently feel like summer, but it is summer here, finally, and that means some great events going on around everywhere in the world of golf, both professionally, on the amateur scale, and Mark, that also includes uh, Long Drive, too. Yeah, uh, if you're listening to us in southern Ontario, um, just east of us in Belleville will be Endless Summer. It is the largest uh, long drive championship in all of Canada. It's amazing when you look back historically, Canada's connection with long drive and some of the champions and big names have been attached to it. So there's something there with the Canadians and the long drive. Uh, Jody Jenkins is the man behind Endless Summer uh, happening uh, next week out in Belleville, Ontario. And I had the opportunity to go one-on-one with Jody. Jody, thanks so much for taking the time to do this with us on Golf Talk Canada. We've been trying to connect for a while, and I couldn't believe I looked at the calendar. July 5th and 6th, I mean, it's creeping up fast. Uh, Endless Summer is the name of the event. Uh, The largest long drive competition in Canada. Uh, Before we get into it, I'm I'm sure a lot of our viewers and listeners are probably familiar with what they've seen on Golf Channel or whatnot. So, Uh, Tell us a little bit about this event. And if someone came out and said, you know, I want to go see long drive competition, what would they expect to see? You know, the best way that um, I can describe it to people is uh, I'm a huge wrestling fan. And it's almost like a combination of watching professional wrestlers and golf in terms of these are larger than life individuals who carry themselves with a certain amount of swagger and entertainment value that happened to be very prolific and proficient at slamming the ball as far as they possibly can. Just to just to put in perspective right off the bat, last year when we did this event for the first time uh, under the Endless Summer umbrella, the winning long drive uh, was a kid out of uh, Sault Ste. Marie, Cody Billinghurst, and his winning drive was 418 yards. So just to put that in perspective of what uh, what people are doing out there these days in the world of long drive. That, that is absolutely incredible. I mean, those numbers are crazy. Uh, you know, I was mentioning to you before we started this interview how pl- people last week were like freaking out about Rory McIlroy, 388, you know, off the first tee at LACC. And he's landing it, w- which would be, you know, almost as firm as an airport runway. And these guys busting it over 400 yards. I mean, on the regular, it's just absolutely crazy. Now, speaking of names, um, you've kind of got your own Rory McIlroy coming out. You have the number one and number two in the world coming up to Belleville for this event. Yeah, we're very fortunate uh, through the connections of some of the guys that are helping me out, including five-time world champion Jason Zubak, uh, who's a part of uh, part of Endless Summer, and Wes Patterson, who's also a world long drive athlete, uh, working alongside myself. But we've been able to secure Kyle Berkshire, uh, number one long driver in the world, plus number two, not very far behind, Martin Borgmeyer, who, of course, is the defending uh, long drive champion for 2022. And, you know, in addition to that, Mark, we've also got uh, three other guys that are in the top 10, including Justin James, uh, also a world champion, Josh Koch and Colton Casto. And the list just goes from there. And, you know, I mean, the, the, the international feel for this event, we got guys from Australia, the U.K., we have a guy named Naoto Masumi, six-time Japanese long drive champion, coming to Belleville to compete. It's it's kind of uh, it's kind of surreal to be honest. It's pretty awesome. You've you've accumulated and uh, gathered the best of the best. It's uh, Trillium uh, Wood Golf Club in Belleville is the location, July fifth and sixth. Um, why do you think Canadians over the years have had such a 
uh, a great close relationship. You mentioned Jason uh, Zubak, but I mean, the, the long drive uh, competition and the Canadian fingerprint, so to speak, on long drive goes back, of, you know, decades. What is it with Canadians and long drive? Yeah, that's a good, that's a good question. I, I think, you know what, I mean, it's hard not to look at Jason Zubak and kind of say that, you know, he wasn't the guy that kind of spawned so much more in terms of long drive. Like a guy like Jamie Sadlowski is an example. Uh, I'm sure if you talk to him, he would certainly say that Zubak had an influence on him. But I know personally, I can remember in the early, uh, I would say mid-2000s being at Deer Creek, uh, that golf course, uh, which is just near Oshawa, I think, or somewhere in that area. Ajax. Yeah, and they had uh, the Pinnacle Distance team at the time. So it was guys like Zubak, uh, David Mobley, uh, Brian Pavlet, like going back there. And and I, yeah, I think Canadians in general, I think we're we're golf hungry. It probably has something to do with the small season that we have, the window of opportunity. But you're right, in long drive, I, I think around the world, it's something that people gravitate to. And I don't want to call it... I don't want to say it's like carnival-like, but there is an element of that in terms of they're doing something that others simply cannot do. And it's just it's just amazing to watch. Yeah, carnival's not a bad word. You know, festival. I like the wrestling analogy because these are characters. There is music. It is a bit of a spectacle. And I'm not referring to uh, the band. You have the Abrams coming out as part of the entertainment. I'm just talking about the whole environment. Like quite often there'll be walk-up music and, yep. and just things going on. So before we get to the Abrams, because, you know, I know they're playing. I want you to let our audience know how they can get tickets if they want to come out. What's the fifth look like? What's the sixth look like? Walk us through the two days, what people can expect if they come out. Yeah, so the event itself is actually just is in support of a, a local homeless shelter called the Grace Inn. That's why we're doing this. We're raising awareness and raising support for that. So I'm very proud to be a part of that. Uh, July 5th, we're going to have an outdoor concert. Uh, a welcome reception and the public is able to purchase tickets to attend that and en enjoy the Abrams. They're going to go on stage at eight o'clock uh, with CMA Ontario award winners. They're, they're amazing musicians. Like you guys will be blown away. Anyone that comes and checks the show out and maybe you're already familiar with them. And then on the sixth, we've actually got two scramble tournaments going on one at nine 30, one at two 30 and just Cole's notes version of how this works. During the event, the long drivers are playing with a group of amateurs, and on four holes, they hit three extra tee shots. So those are qualifying holes. And what we do is we'll take 12 of the top distances in the morning, 12 in the afternoon, and then at night, under the lights on the first hole at Trillium Wood, 24 of those guys are going to go head-to-head -to, -head to see who is crowned the champion. I should note, too, Mark, that the $20,000 to the winner – uh, it doesn't hurt in getting guys to come to compete either. So, <laughs> well, that sounds awesome. So it's interactive. It's got music. It's got that yes. festival environment. You're seeing the best of the best. You get out there and get out to participate. Then under the lights, like you mentioned, it's for a great cause, but also the 20 K going to the winner. If uh, people want to come out, if they want to jump in, uh, support the day, buy tickets, whatever, where do they go, Jody? Yeah, they can go to abramstickets.com. I should mention the golf is all sold out, but, the public is more than welcome to come to the concert. And then the next day, we'll have bleachers set up so you can literally sit on the holes and just watch guys hit as they come through on the qualifying holes. So for 35 bucks, you can't beat it. Pretty awesome. Yeah, $35 to watch guys rip yep. 400 yard plus. <laughs> exactly. I love this. Okay, it's July 5th and July 6th. Trillium Wood Golf Club, Endless Summer, Canada's largest long drive competition. Jody, thanks for taking the time.
Thank you so much, Mark, for having me. Awesome stuff there. Looking forward to that next week. at Next year, Adam, next year, Bob and I, we're going to be part of, he's going to be like, uh, we're going to be like Apollo and Mickey in Rocky, and we're going to put you through the training. And I say we get uh, Scully, the 48-inch driver, Bob. We get him training on this. We get him ready in the spring, and we enter Adam in this next year. What do you think? I agree. I agree. I think that's perfect. And I think that uh, I think that it'll be fun to see if you can crack the top ten. I, mean, <laughs> I think we and can maybe, do this. and then maybe to even help that, I'll go on the Keegan Bradley diet. Segue. Maybe. What are we talking about the Keegan Bradley diet? That's coming up next in Winners Weird and What. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management was brought to you by Cobble Beach, Georgian Bay's extraordinary waterfront golf resort community. This is Golf Talk Canada presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Cadillac, Experience Cadillac. Join one of our agents for a personalized virtual live tour of Cadillac SUVs, sedans, and EVs. Book your tour at cadillac.ca slash live. Not sure how you guys prep winners weird and what throughout the week, but I've got into the routine now where if I see something online, I make a note of it and I have a bit of a notes page on my computer. This week, I think I had 10 things I could have chosen, uh, <laughs> could have picked from. There was so much in the world of golf for winners, weird, so much weird and wacky going on. And looking forward to this one this week for sure. It is winners, weird, and what this week, Mark. You have the tea. I'll answer the question. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers. I want the truth. You can't handle the truth. All right, my winner this week, gents, is Keegan Bradley's diet. Now, we spoke about this kind of in the winter when it was going down. But, I mean, we've got to double down on it because he spoke to it this week after his victory. Keegan Bradley lost 30 pounds in six months, almost to the point where people saw him in January and February this year for the first time, and they didn't recognize him. He went and crashed from 220 to 190, and here's his rule, boys. If it walks, swims, or flies, I eat it. If not, I don't bother. That's it. Now, he did mention that other than just meat, he did add some fruit. No vegetables, no sugars, no starches. The only sugar he got was from the natural fruit. No sauces. He said he cheated once in a while with only hot sauce, salt, and pepper, but no barbecue. No, you got it. This is basically pure carnivore, 30 pounds down. Protein, baby. I always like to say when I go on a diet, Adam, if it doesn't have a face, I don't eat it. There you go. I mean, that's a that's a new line of thinking right there from from Keegan. But hey, I mean, it's working so far, and he's lost all the lbs. So you know, good for him. But certainly a little different. Two wins this season for Keegan Bradley. Okay, Rory McIlroy, another top ten. He goes 68, 64, 66, and 64 this week at the Travelers Championship. But he had some very interesting comments. In fact, his comments, we could likely, guys, do several segments breaking down uh, Rory's comments about the venue. Uh, before we get into it, let's hear from Rory McIlroy. Yeah, I I don't particularly like when a, a tournament's like this. Um, unfortunately, technology has 
has passed this course by, right? I mean, it, it just it it sort of has made it obsolete, especially when it's as soft as it has been with the um, with a little bit of rain that we had. Um, so again, like the conversations going back to um, you know limiting the golf ball and stuff and stuff like that. It uh, you know when we come to courses like this and uh, you know they just don't present the challenge that that they used to. All right. Interesting comments here. Now, he went on to suggest that he thinks L.A. Country Club, guys, is the blueprint for the future. Super wide targets that when you do miss, they're penal. He doesn't believe in narrowing the fairways, growing up the rough, and a setup to what we saw in Rochester. Now, Rory, the only active player in the world that feels that we should roll back the golf ball out of any of the the large stars of the game. I want to go to both of you with this because, Bob, I like variety. Variety is the spice of life. If you want to protect par, I love the setup at Rochester. I thought they nailed it. I think Rory is completely wrong. How do you feel? There's going to be a lot fewer available tracks to play on the PGA Tour if this is what you do with everything. I think it's a little bit... um, I don't know, a little bit sort of, I don't think he's taking a lot of courses that are great, that are short, that are into consideration. And, and I don't think that you have to worry about, I mean, listen, people don't remember what Nick Taylor shot at Oakdale. They remember he won. People don't remember what Keegan Bradley shot yesterday. They, they know he won. You know, I mean, you can go back and look at the records and, and strain yourself. But the, to me, it's, were you entertained? Did you have a good time? Did the guys make great shots? And sure, it's nice every once in a while to see a guy win with four under or five under instead of 24 or 25 under. But I don't know if it makes that much of a difference. It may be a little boring for those guys to play it, but I don't know what you think, Adam. Yeah, I'm curious, too, because, you know, it was soft at in Connecticut. You know, the, the, the green, it was like throwing darts out there. And these guys, I mean, there's the slogan, these guys are good. These guys play this game for a reason. When it's firm and fast, it's difficult. But when it's soft and no wind like it was whether you're a tour player or you're a very good golfer, your scores are gen- are going to be lower. So I, I'm with you guys too. I, I think Rory's a little incorrect on us. Yeah, variety is the spice of life. I don't want to see 30 under win every week or 25 under win every week. I, I like certain setups one way. If par's important to you, Rory, and you want it to be difficult, the only way to do it is to grow rough and bring bring the fairways in. We've already shown you that. History teaches us that. I'll prove my point on how setup is everything. We're going to go to Riviera in 2031 for the U.S. Open. That was announced this week. It's my favorite golf course on the PGA Tour, guys. We go there in February, and the place is practically dormant, and yet 8, 9 under par wins, sometimes 12, 13, 14 under. Do you know that the 72-hole scoring record at Riviera still stands from 1985, Lanny Watkins? So some golf courses are just tough. Some aren't. And setup is key. And finally, guys, I don't know if you saw John Rahm's comments this week uh, about practice. I thought these were so cool. What what a cool way to look at practice. How many friends of ours tell you every day, oh, I'm hitting it great on the range, I can't get it to the first tee? I mean, we hear that every week from so many people we play with. Ranger Rick, can't get it to the first tee. Well, John Rahm says you got to apply pressure to your practice rounds, uh, practice time in short intervals with firm time limits, with consequences in place. You don't get an endless amount of opportunity to hit those shots on the golf course. You get one crack at everything. So why do you give yourself endless amount of opportunity on the practice range? 
Stay committed to a time frame, committed to drills that have top consequences. I'm summarizing, but I love this because for all my buddies out there who say, I can't get it from the range to the tee, start practicing with consequence and purpose and stop just hitting golf balls. Okay, Bob? Tea is yours. So, so what do I do? Just All aim right, for the pond? You, no, you're not supposed to hit it into the water. But you hit it into the water. I know I hit it into the water. Well, why do they even have water if you're not supposed to hit it there? Because it's fun! We're having fun! Look, it went further than your ball! Yeah, whatever is it, seven years now? I still jump into <laughs> really on those things. Anyway, here we go. My winner this week is Miles Creighton, who is uh, a wonderful young golfer, and he is playing on Latino America. Now, why am I bringing up Miles Creighton? Because Miles finished tied for fourth last week in the event in, uh, let me see if I can get this right. Well, no, I'll just say it's the Jalisco Open GDL. And uh, with that tie for fourth, he pushed himself even up further on the Total Play Cup standings. He is actually in top position. He has 1,094 points. Uh, second place is Walker Lee with 945 points. There is one tournament left on the schedule at PGA Tour Latino America. If he remains in first place, Miles Creighton will get an all a full exemption to the Corn Ferry Tour for next year. So we are really pushing nice. for Miles Creighton, who was playing, by the way, at uh, Oakdale a couple of weeks ago. Adam, uh, what do you think about uh, the chances of that guy advancing now? Well, I mean, as long as he has his clubs, right? I mean, that was the story right, before Oakdale, not, you know, losing the clubs, right? Exactly right. Exactly right. So hopefully his clubs are with him and he doesn't have to go too far in some one of the, for the final event. Uh, all right. My weird this week is, um, did you know that this week, you know, there's a bit of a lull. The, the NHL season is over. The NBA season is over. There's a little bit of a, a lull in things to wager on. But if you want, you can now wager on mini putt. There is a professional league called the World Putting League, and it's offering up some wagering. Yes, the, uh, having a big event this week in Myrtle Beach. In fact, they're featuring 12 of the best mini putt golfers in the world. And you can put a wager down on everything from who's going to be the outright winner. They have, they're playing in groups of four, who's going to come out of the groups. Or you can even put it down on how many holes and ones there would be. Now, that's an interesting stat. I wonder in a regulation mini putt round, how many times a guy would make a hole in one? What would you guess, Mark? Like six, five? I don't There's know. There's probably a third of the time, eh, Bob? And I got to tell you, the, a world yeah. putting tour sounds like hell on earth to me. Could you imagine golf where all you could do was putt? I can't stand putting. I mean, it's like going to a vegetarian barbecue. Just, no, I'm out. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Well, uh, anyway, you can find the, uh, the betting on at most of the popular sites. Um, and then my what is, what a strange week it was for poor old Mackenzie Hughes. I don't know if you heard his story. He left the oh, U.S. Yeah. Open on the charter that took him to the Travelers Championship. And as he got on board, he started having some back pains. And it wasn't like the normal, oh, I just got a little tweak in my back. It was pretty severe, in fact, so bad that he walked up to the front of the plane and laid down because that was the only place where he could lay down. Uh, when they got landed in uh, Connecticut, they uh, took him, rushed him to the hospital, and he had kidney stones, and he had to withdraw from the, from the tournament. So poor old uh, Mackenzie Hughes went a long way in a lot of pain to get from one coast to the other. Thankfully, it is the coast that he lives on, so I'm assuming... He probably went home from there. I don't know. Either of you two guys had kidney stones? No. It's gallbladder. 25 once I had a gallbladder attack. And I thought I was having a heart attack because the gallbladder is so high in your stomach 
that I mistaken it for a, a, a mistaken it for a heart attack, and uh, they yanked that thing out right away. But uh, to your point, Bob, I mean, I mean, you, just because you feel the pain somewhere, right, could be something completely different. I read that story. I was like, oh boy, poor Mac. Yeah, it's uh, that's not an easy one for Mac anyway. All right, uh, Adam, the tea is yours. Three forty-eight. Oh. <laughs> oh man, that is sweet. All right, gents, my winner this week is none other, none other than Happy Gilmore. No, not Happy Gilmore from 1996, the great movie. This is a guy whose name is Happy Gilmore, and he is committed to Ball State University to play golf. No, I am not kidding. This guy's name, his legal name is actually Landon, but he goes by Happy after winning a long drive competition at the age of nine. And the best part about this is Adam Sandler tweeted at him saying, go get him. Good luck out there. And I guess, you know, I was trying to think of good lines from Happy Gilmore, my favorite probably someone's closer so happy gilmore <laughs> going to ball state university i absolutely love this i really hope he shows up on the first tee with the hockey stick putter the boston bruins jersey on perhaps and who knows maybe a caddy who has two shoes on and not one okay my weird this week goes to rory mcelroy we have rory mcelroy both of our three dubs this week now rory mcelroy made a hole in one at the travelers championship the weird thing about this, it was his first hole-in-one in his PGA Tour career. 3,253 par-3s later, and Rory McIlroy gets it done for the hole-in-one. Pretty awesome. Then that first round, I, I was keeping a close eye on that, Bob, because he was a part of our uh, three-handicap uh, pick, and, uh, and Rory McIlroy got it done. Uh, hole-in-one for Rory. Uh, that was certainly pretty cool uh, to see. Okay, my what this week. Wyndham Clark obviously wins the U.S. Open. So after, after that, as we spoke about on our show last week, he did the media tour, whether it was Good Morning America or any of the talk shows. He was on a number of podcasts, too. And he told a story that back in a couple years ago, playing the AT&T Pebble Beach Pro-Am, he got paired with Chris Harrison, the former host of The Bachelor. He's no longer the host anymore. And apparently, these guys got talking seriously about Wyndham Clark going on the bachelor now apparently like they were almost talking contracts here about him going on the show now clark wanted to be the bachelor not being one of the guys who was contesting to find love he was trying to be the guy leading the way uh so mark any any thoughts on wyndham clark if, if he would have been i know the bachelorette does start tonight not that I'm keeping track of that or is anything. Tonight, tonight, because I know you're into this stuff, Adam. I know this is kind of your wheel wheelhouse. The Bachelor, the Bachelor. You and Howard Stern are the only talk yeah. radio hosts that I know can't yeah. stop watching this stuff. I don't know. I mean, I kind of wish he was on The Bachelor because maybe I would have a reason to watch it with you then, because maybe they would integrate some of the great golf courses. He could take his dates out for 18 holes or at least nine. Start with nine. Eighteen's a big ask uh, often, but. Uh, no, I will not be watching, regardless of who The Bachelor is, Adam. Just, uh... You're not going to follow Charity's case to find love starting tonight? Okay, fine. That's, <laughs> no, fine. that's fine. You know what? Uh, that's okay. I probably oh. won't be as well, just so you know. But anyways, uh, Wyndham Clark, that would have been quite something uh, if he were to be The Bachelor. Well, that was a fun edition of Winners Weird and What. Okay, on the other side, we'll wrap up today's show. We'll have leaderboard updates from around the world of golf and update you on our schedule this week. This is Golf Talk Canada.
This segment of GTC presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management was brought to you by Cadillac. Cadillac, experience Cadillac. Join one of our agents for a personalized virtual live tour of Cadillac SUVs, sedans, and EVs. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Adidas Golf and the ZG23. ZG23 continues to push limits on lightweight performance footwear with introduction of Lightstrike and Lightstrike Pro technology. They're light. They perform. They're here to compete. Visit adidas.ca slash golf. Gotta love those new Adidas ZG23 shoes, especially the Vent, because they are bold, and I love them. Okay, wrapping up today's edition of GTC with some leaderboard updates. Leaderboard updates brought to you by Bushnell Golf, the number one rangefinder in the world of golf. Check out bushnellgolf.com. John Pack, who joined us earlier in the show, won on PGA Tour Canada Travelers Championship. Keegan Bradley, now six-time winner on the PGA Tour, on the LPGA Tour KPMG Women's PGA Championship. Ronan Yin, now a first-time major champion. Brooke Henderson finishing T15. And on PGA Tour Champions, Padraig Harrington, Mr. Speed himself, wins again on PGA Tour Champions. Mark, have you seen the ball speeds Padraig Harrington is hitting? It is ridiculous. Crazy, eh? Good for him. And it hasn't screwed up his golf swing because he's winning. Like, sometimes you see this, whoa, and then, the, you know, can't put any scores. Stand over a wedge with veins popping out of your forearm from 140 yards. Not Padraig. He's still playing well. I actually just, I listened to a podcast he was on, and he was talking about how he's gained this speed. It's all about trying to trick your central nervous system into going faster, into going faster. So when I train for this long drive event next year, under the tutelage of you two and many other swing coaches, maybe I'll call Padre Harrington as well. Bob, speaking of uh, PJ Tour champions, we have a major this week, the U.S. Senior Open. Stephen Ames looking for win number four on the season. Yeah, Mike Weir is going to be in the field. There's a few others who have qualified for it as well, and uh, we'll see what uh, what they can come up with. But it's going to be an interesting – it's going to be a, a love-in for Steve Stricker being in Wisconsin where they're holding it. So uh, we'll see if he can – he's had a good year as well. So there's some uh, some interesting uh, interesting storylines here that could develop as we get going. Yeah, certainly some interesting storylines uh, for sure. 20 Weeks of TaylorMade continues. Check out our social media channels later today. You can find out who won a TaylorMade Stealth 2 Plus driver. And later this week, we'll announce the prize for this week on 20 Weeks of TaylorMade, golftalkcanada.com. You can find out much more information. Okay, that wraps up our first Golf Talk Canada of the week. We are back Tuesday night, tomorrow, primetime. TSN 2, 10 p.m. Eastern. You can watch us then. We'll have a full recap of the KPMG Women's PGA Championship. We'll take a deep dive into Brooke Henderson, how she played last week, and if that has given us more optimism for this coming week, uh, or next week, I should say, at the U.S. Women's Open at beautiful Pebble Beach. Can't wait for that. Going to be a fun one. Thanks to Bill Price for joining us today, Joey Jenkins joining us today, John Pack joining us today, Mark. Bob, thanks for your time today, gentlemen, as always. And looks like the sun is now out, at least where I am. So if you're going out to play golf, be careful out there. Get the rain suit ready. It's going to be a great day. You'll see us again Tuesday night, 10 p.m. on TSN2. Thanks so much for joining us today. And remember, the first good decision for the golf course always starts in the closet.
This segment of GTC presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management was brought to you by Adidas Golf and the ZG23. ZG23 continues to push limits on lightweight performance footwear with introduction of LightStrike and LightStrike Pro technology. They're light. They perform. They're here to compete. Visit adidas.ca slash golf. Thank you for listening to GTC. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Golf Talk Canada. For show archives, podcasts, and all things GTC, visit GolfTalkCanada.com. And don't miss Golf Talk Canada Television weekly on the TSN Television Network.